Right. Behind right. that, you have uh, Tyreek Jones and Matthew who? Jackson, who are who? guys that they... Yeah, it's Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard and a bunch of who. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast for Friday, May the 19th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze. You can follow me on Twitter at Easton Freeze. We are brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network and BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on Twitter at JT underscore Runky. JT, how are you? How was your week? I'm great. And, you know, I love producing this show, mostly because uh, right before this, I had to go back into our rundown and tell you that tomorrow is in fact, or today is in fact the 19th when you have it uh, as the 18th. You just, you, when you, you record dates, man, shows the day before they get published, my brain just looks at the date in the corner of my computer. And I say, that's the date. Let me throw it on there. But that's why I have you around here so that I can keep my head on straight. And uh, you, you are really, you're really the unsung hero of this show is what you're asking for here. Right. Is, is, the, I mean, uh, the high five that's what on that that's one. what the people are asking. <laughs> is that what the streets is, are saying? The streets are saying that. So, well, um, today we got a million little things to talk about. Um, we're getting into the portion of the season, portion of the year where we are running, not running out of content, but the content is growing thinner and thinner. And so there, we have some things kind of on the back burner for when there's truly nothing to talk about in June and July. We're not quite to the point of getting into that yet because there is just a tiny little IV drip worth of NFL content for us to talk about. And so we're going to withhold on the um, out of season content to continue to talk about this because the Titans are still doing things. There are things happening on the waiver wire. There are things happening in press conferences. And those things are what we're here to talk about. And so that's what we're going to do today. Um, before we get into all that, JT, just I know I mentioned this to you earlier. I ran a 5K today. My, my yeah, wife has where, convinced where did, me. Where did that come from? That was out of... Well, out so, of nowhere, I texted you earlier today, and I was like, "All right, when when are we when are we recording the show today? This is my parameters." And he's like, "I'll uh, get back to you. I'm running a 5K." And I, I was had like, just finished oh, running cool. a 5K. So when yeah. are we doing the show? <laughs> yeah. My wife has convinced me to do a 5K with her on the Fourth of July, um, and so I said yes because it's a good excuse to get in shape, um, and. Why not? Right. You know, let's just see. You know, I, I used to run more than I do now. I should I should run a little bit more. Ran one. Today was the second time I did it. First time I did it outside. I did it like it at noon. Like I did it after like when I usually take lunch. And that wasn't the greatest idea. It's like 85 degrees outside. It was mostly shady. The the like park that I was running in. But um, I think my time of 31 minutes for a 5K is a pretty elite athlete time. I'm, I'm not going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's near the top all time. I, yeah. I told you I'm considering making a, a sick workout video like the Titans with their sleds. I think that that would be really cool. <laughs> I don't think Traylon Burks could run a, the 31 minute uh, 5K. That's like I mean, what? Math, he better, he better, it's 10 minute. To, like, it's like a 10 minute, 20 second mile time, which um, you got you, you. You haven't beat by a long shot. You are just I the peak sh- athlete for the Titans sake. I really hope not. I really, really hope not. <laughs> Um, but we are going to talk about Traylon Burks today at the top in the warm-up segment. So let's go ahead and jump into that. This is the warm-up for today. And really, it is just an excuse for us to get to talk about all the things in the Titans press conference. They so rudely scheduled right in the middle of our previously scheduled Danny Kelly interview on Tuesday. Shameless plug. After you're done listening to this episode, go to the last episode in this feed. Danny Kelly from The Ringer, who's a stud, who's awesome, who we love, was on the show. And, and we spent an hour talking about a lot of fun things. 
Um, but that was right directly on top of when the Titans were doing their press conference. I got the email from Titans PR the night before. You know, I'm literally sitting here prepping for the Danny interview, and I get that email, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, not only can I not go to this, but it's, we're going to be counter-programming against a multi-million dollar NFL franchise that has millions of followers. Luckily enough, you cared enough about us to listen. So we appreciate you, those those of you that did. But if you didn't, I understand. And I'm sure you went back after and listened. Um, we went back after we recorded our show and listened to a lot of the press conferences. We usually, if, you're, if you've been around here before, we usually play a lot of clips and highlights and do multimedia stuff with that. But because it was Tuesday and now it's Friday, I, I'm kind of just assuming you've seen them and heard them. And if you haven't, there are other shows on this network that I, I know that the Paul Kaharski podcast from this week on the 440 podcast network, he played a number of those clips that he was there for and got. Um, I know that they talked about it on a football show this week. So if you really want to hear the clips um, and you don't want to just go on Twitter, you can just find them on Twitter. It's really easy, um, but you can find them on other shows on this, on this network. We're still going to talk about our takeaways. There were a couple of things that were really interesting JT and they went like a full hour with four guys. So a lot of content came out of that press conference the the primary thing f from that press conference um, and from that day, really, because it wasn't really the press conference, they alluded to it in the conference. And then we got the video that I was talking about. The Titans media department apparently decided that I think they decided after that press conference where the, all the players were talking about how they've been working really hard. Let's go and make a cool workout video. And it's a cool, pretty, you know, pretty uh, kick ass looking workout that they were doing in the bubble, pushing around. Um, weighted sleds and very high energy, very Mike Vrabel style workout. They put a cool video together for that. It kind of went viral. People saw all that. Um, but I, I quote tweeted that JT and I, I just said, it's May 17th. How many NFL teams are practicing like this right now? And that's a super, I mean, on, on its surface, it's a very basic single question. There's no agenda. There's no, I'm not a, really alluding to anything with that question. I don't think it's very simply asking. It's the middle of May. How many NFL teams are working out like this? Um, and people took it a million different ways. Many folks were like, oh, this is, you know, he's hyping them up. Like this team's going hard in the paint in May. This, you know, they like finding a, a way to turn it into to fan fodder, right? You know, look at how hard our guys are working in May. They're going to be so conditioned come September. And that's, I think, the point, which we'll get to here in a minute, but. Um, others took it as like, calm down, like all 32 teams are working out this hard, which clearly if, if that's what you thought, you, you missed the press conference then because we know for a fact at least two of the 32 teams aren't working like this. We'll talk about that more in a second as well. There were others, including our guy, Paul Kaharski, who is a friend of the show we're friendly with. We we respect the work that he does. He does a fantastic job. He he slid into the replies and was was kind of he seemed to think that it was mindless fan blog fodder that I was pushing um, that, you know, look at how hard this team's working. Nobody else is working this hard. And, and I kind of had to explain to him, like, it's not, I'm not assuming other teams aren't, I'm genuinely asking how many other teams are working out like this. And I think it's a pertinent and interesting question, JT, because some folks took that video as I don't think it's so funny. I, I can, I could go to that, that tweet and I could find you, a half dozen different replies were like all 32 teams are practicing like this. And I could find you a half dozen that said none of them are. And that's why the Titans get so freaking injured, man. Um, it's du truly a duality of, of man moment in the replies to that tweet. But it kind of proves the point that I don't think we really have a, a grasp on how different teams approach this time of year differently, how they approach their conditioning and their voluntary OTAs differently. 
And it was kind of alluded to in the press conference from a couple of the guys that we heard from Traylon Burks, Aziz Alshair, um, who else was Daniel Brunskill. And I forget who the fourth guy was that we heard from. Um, uh, Traylon Burks. No, no, I, I mentioned him. Sean Murphy Bunting. Burks, oh, yes. Bunting, Alshair, and Brunskill were the four guys. And a couple of them were talking about how this is, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting coming from Tampa Bay last season, and then Daniel Brunskill and Aziz Alshair both coming from San Francisco this past season. All three of them alluded to and said pretty explicitly, like, this was different. I was kind of surprised how hard we're going. This is not how we operate uh, or how teams around the league, other teams that I've been on operate at this time of year. So it's very different. And they all were very positive about it. They seem to be enjoying it. Now, whether that's them parroting the company line or truly they just enjoy the change in pace, change in scenery. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm the kind of person prone to think that they probably are being honest. Um, they seemed pretty enthusiastic about the hard work and kind of the just the culture, the vibe, right? It was a very vibes heavy press conference, which in May, everything's kind of vibes, right? That's really where we're at. But they also alluded to the fact that, and I don't know if it was Vrabel who mentioned this, and I honestly don't remember JT, but somebody brought up the fact, and I think it was brought up a couple of times, the point of this is to build calluses. We're building calluses for when the season does roll around, where it obviously very high conditioned, uh, very highly conditioned, where, where um, you know you hear guys who've played football at a high level before talk about how you know, you spend a lot of camp at the very least, at the very latest, working on just building up those calluses of, you know, the first time you get hit in a long time by an NFL caliber athlete, and it doesn't matter who you are. Like, it hurts. It rattles you. It is like good morning sunshine. It is it is something that takes a little getting used to, and you kind of have to build up those calluses in order to get accustomed to it. It sounds like that's what the Titans are trying to do now, but circling all the way back to the whole point of this warm-up, JT, do we think other teams around the league are are working like this, this hard at this point in the season is, is the primary question. But the, the secondary question that kind of comes along with it in my mind is, is this the right idea or the wrong idea? Because some folks were buying into Vrabel's idea here of, you know, we're going to build calluses now so that in the spring, it, it's clearly an attempt to to avoid the soft tissue injuries, the maybe the conditioning injuries in the in the fall. But is it a, is it, Productive or counterproductive, I guess is what I'm trying to get at here. I mean, I it, it's tough we to don't say. Know, right? We, we, don't, we know. don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, it's speculation. Rather, rather they hit the sleds in August or now, like those injuries are bound to happen no matter what. It's like just, I mean, it, starting early so. can only help, you know. Um, but to that point, like injury is injury. It's weird. It happens. Like it's there's really, luck, regardless um, of the situation. Yeah. There, there's really nothing you can do about it. However, on the other point of how many teams are practicing like this, I think every team is practicing um, like this to some degree. I don't know if every team is right. hitting sleds, being super fast and physical. I think that's more of a variable thing, but then you have other teams who are, are putting out hype videos, in their own, in, in their own way. Like, right. um, now you have like the, the, <laughs> the, the, I would say maybe the team that isn't doing so much of this is like the Bengals who are like, let's look at Joe oh. Burrow in a, in a headband and long hair throwing <laughs> ball chase. That's it's how the, we hype him up. That's, that's our main practice. Joe, of Joe yeah. Burrow is, is the May activity. I will say they've been, the, the, the Bengals were like hype video of our players working hard. No, 
thirst, thirst traps, traps of, maybe. <laughs> of uh, Joe Burrow growing out his hair in a headband, throwing to Jamar Jamar Chase. Yes, right. <laughs> that's how we're gonna hype up our team. But I'm sure every team, whether they put it out publicly or not, is working to some degree. Well, yeah, uh, we know that we are. We know that they're all working to some degree. But I, I do find it interesting that um, this team does it differently. And really, the, I guess the the question I'm trying to get down to here, JT, is um, is this new? And if so, is it in a, an attempt to reduce those injuries come the fall? And if so, is it a good attempt or is it literally counterproductive? And again, we don't we don't know the answer to those things. Yeah. I will say that I was listening to the Paul Kaharski podcast from this week earlier today, and it was the first time I'd really heard he apparently did some digging with folks on whether or not this was a super new thing for the Titans offseason regimen and the way that Vrabel's been running the show in the past seasons. And what he heard was it's the same but different. Um, that it's kind of the, a lot of the same activities, but it sounds like this year they've either changed the goals or changed the intensity, dialed it up to 11 a little bit, um, changed the energy, the vibe, um, you know, just the the overall intensity of it is what it sounds like has changed this year. And again, I, I don't know whether or not that is him. This is a much younger team than they, than he's had in the past couple of seasons. So maybe it's a, these guys can take it, or maybe it's a, we're, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see who I, I I'm going to see who there's a, there's a funny soundbite that I hear all the time from Mike Tomlin from years ago from a training camp where he, he's like, I'm going to see who I can get to quit today. I'm going to see whose spirit I can get, uh, whose spirit I can break today. Like coaches, you have to kind of be that way, especially when you're trying to whittle down a 90 ish man and roughly a hundred guys down to half of that for a 53 man roster. You got to figure out who's got the dog and who doesn't. Who who is that guy that you want on your team through thick and thin? Who you want to be in the trench with and who you don't? And so maybe that's what it is. Um, I, I don't know the answer, and we we'll get a chance to talk to some more of these guys next week during mandatory mandatory manda yeah mandatory. There we go. English mandatory OTAs um, when the whole team or you would think the whole team. That's something we may talk about a little bit later. There's one star player on this team in particular who. It's going to be very interesting to see whether or not they are here next week or not. But I, I did find that interesting. And it was funny how that simple question led to 10,000 different ways people took it. Um, they, they didn't quite they didn't quite have a consensus on what the point of this was this time of year. And if it was all that different from the rest of the league. But I think if it is, here's my main takeaway, JT. And again, there's so many questions here that we don't know the answer to. My main takeaway here is this. If this is a change that the Titans coaching staff has made in an attempt to maybe reduce those injuries, reduce the likelihood of those injuries. I don't understand people being upset with it. Even if you personally, there's because I, I, I don't know if you saw this. I saw a lot of folks like this is so counterproductive. These morons, this is exactly why they push them too hard in the off season. You know, these guys, you're going to wear the tread thin too early, too quickly and this is going to lead to more injuries, and this is why the rest of the league isn't acting this way, which, again, they don't really know if the rest of the league is acting this way or not. I don't understand being upset about them doing that, if that's truly what this is, because for how many months in a row, how many years at this point, have Titans fans been clamoring for the Titans to do something? Fire the strength and conditioning guy. Fire the trainers. Fire the medical staff. Like, something has to be wrong here with the injury situation. If that's what this is, them trying to address the injury situation, you have to give them a chance to try. If they're wrong, if they're what they do is counterproductive, then be upset when it's counterproductive. But until we see the fruits of their labor, whether they are ripe or rotten, we, we can't. I don't think it's fair to really make an assessment or make a judgment on the way that they're going about it. And 
respectfully to all of the internet bozos out there, I, I trust professional strength and conditioning folks to put together a off-season regimen more than I trust you. Now, maybe these particular strength and conditioning guys suck. We like this. We really don't know based on the past couple of seasons. But even if they suck, I still think that they know more about what they're doing than you do. So with that, we can move on to just a couple of other notes, JT, from the press conferences, which I, I didn't even ask you. I'm assuming you caught wind of, of bits and pieces of those things um, in the time between Tuesday and now. There were a couple of things that stood out to me. Did, did, you, did you, in fact, catch a couple? Of yeah, those? I, I was going to say that, like, I was listening to I was catching bits and pieces of the Traylon Burks interview as we were doing a live show oh, with that's Danny right. Kelly. Yeah. Uh, so he talked about that a little bit. Multitask um, extraordinaire, baby. Um, talking about that during the show on Tuesday. But mm -hmm. yeah, bits and pieces here and there. The, the main guy, the, the and this is always going to be the case just because of the nature of his position and his star power on this team, or the projected star power on this team. Traylon Burks was the, the biggest of the four guys that spoke and um, had a lot of, it was a very, very positive, maybe his best press conference to date with the Titans. We, we flashed back to a year ago at this exact same time. And Traylon Burks was not able to even finish rookie mini camp practices or OTA practices because of his asthma and because he literally couldn't breathe. And there was conditioning issues there and it freaked a lot of people out. Obviously that was kind of the low point and it all, it all trended upwards um, for him from that point. But he was talking about in his press conference and kind of the main takeaway was that he has been here the entire offseason and he is the intention of that is he's trying to do everything that he can to be as conditioned as possible because he does have asthma. I mean, it's it, there is a there was a conditioning issue there, but also he has asthma. There's a medical condition that and it's his responsibility to, you know, as an NFL athlete to getting very, very highly compensated. You know, there's an element of don't care, figure it out like, you know, this for yourself. So get it under control and that seems to be the approach that he has taken this offseason by sticking around in nashville trying to get that nashville heat and humidity in his lungs so he can get out there and practice and get acclimated to that now jt you and i have been here around town like he's not really gotten that effect until the last week or so it's not really get gotten summertime muggy and hot until just recently but still i think being around here being with teammates being able to practice in and around the titans facility is a good thing for a guy who if he doesn't have a, a, a big year this year, the Titans are probably going to be in a decent amount of trouble. There, there's a lot riding on the unfairly so, but there is a lot riding on the shoulders of Traylon Burks to make a make a second year leap. And um, I, I'm curious if you had any thoughts on this, JT. Mike Herndon brought up a quote that I, I've heard a number of times because it's it's been out there for a while. But from Logan Ryan, former Titan, I think this was on Good Morning Football months ago, unrelated to this, but. He had a quote talking about how, and I think the topic was, you know, how is Cooper Cup so good at separating in the NFL? Because JT, do you know what his forty time is, Cooper Cup? If you had to take a guess, um, four five four maybe. He's a four six guy, and so the question, and I think this was around that year where he didn't he have like two thousand yards on? Didn't he? I think he yeah, broke his, a single his, season yeah, receiving his, yards record. He came, he came close. Did he okay? So, but he had two thousand, I think. Yes. Um, and the question was like, how do, how does this guy, kind of a slot only guy, obviously not a burner in terms of speed, how is he able to get so much separation in games? And Logan Ryan's quote was about how a well conditioned four five guy is ultimately really faster than a poorly conditioned four four or four three guy, because 
by the end of the game, that four, 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 three guy is second wind and he's four, eight, four, nine guy. The, the well-conditioned four, five guy is a four, five guy, four, five guy in the first, second, third and fourth quarters. Cause he's got the conditioning. So that's just, his top speed is always available to him. That's something that I think the Titans are working on, but I think it's something that also um, Burks is clearly working on it. And he, he, his quote was that he feels faster because he can breathe. He feels better because he can breathe, which relatable. Um, I feel better now because I can breathe. Unlike earlier when I ran my 5k, couldn't breathe the whole time. It sucked. Um, but I do think that's a, a good point. And it's something that if, if you're looking at this Titans team and you're like, oh, this offseason, they've been talking about wanting to get speed. They didn't really get any speed. Well, they got guys that have a lot of quickness. And so being quick off the ball, there's an element of speed there. And then if they're a, an exceptionally conditioned team in the regular season, then they actually have added speed, right? Yeah, I think so. Um it's definitely important for Traylon to feel better about going into the season. I think that was also something that may have hindered him last season, kind of sure. being that the first new guy on the block, having all these questions about not being able to finish a practice. He's surprisingly, despite this being his second year, one of the like tenured guys in this room, someone that is going to have to lead this room. So being able to come in and be conditioned before, um, training camp even starts, I think is a huge plus for him to get the season started off on a good note. Yeah. And you mentioned being tenured. It is funny. I saw this the other day, very random. The, the new receiver, um, what's his name? Chris Moore from, from Houston, the Titans added he's 30 NWI is like 26 or 27. And then the rest of the room is like 22, 23 or 24. Um, and I think Burks is 23 or 24. So you're right. He, he is one of the older guys. And what is Hey, you say untalented room. I say very young and healthy room. That, <laughs> that if you're if you Titans go. fans out there are really trying to spin hey, zone it young. hard. They're you're trying young. to spin zone it hard. Maybe the injuries won't be as big a deal, but also two of the youngest guys, Traylon Brooks and Kyle Phillips, were yeah, anyways, you know, they they dealt with injuries. Um, let's talk about Sean Murphy Bunting. He was talking a lot. He he's a really cool character. I, I enjoyed listening to him and getting to hear from him in his press conference. Um, he, he talked about his experience with the new Titans defensive backs coach, Chris Harris. Um, he said that he's an enthusiast and this is kind of a theme that you heard in the DBs in these interviews talking about their new coach, Chris Harris and the lineman, Daniel Brunskill talking about his new coach, um, coach Haas, the, the first, first year offensive line coach, who is, oh, I think a lot of the Titans success this year on offense is going to ride on how, not just how well that offensive line performs, but how well he performs. And I was kind of thinking about this the other, J, the other day, JT, I'm not sure this is anecdotal, but from listening to people that I trust and kind of just feeling out the NFL, I kind of think that offensive line coach may be the most important, maybe outside of quarterback coach. Is it the most important position coach in terms of success? Cause you think about like the Eagles offensive line, a lot of their success is attributed to their offensive line coach up there, whose name I'm blanking on. Same with the Patriots for years and years and years. They had a, a legendary offensive line coach. I kind of think it's a big deal for him to be good. I think so. I mean, now that you say that, I mean, we talk about how sneaky the offensive line position is. I mean, most people don't realize it, but it's probably the second, maybe third most valuable position um, on, a, on an NFL roster. Yes. And whereas there's a lot of other positions that require a lot of scheming the offensive line is more about 
how well you can work together with everyone else, not just how what scheme you fit into and what role you play. On, on an offensive line, you have to coach your guys how to work with each other and be able yes, to adapt yeah. as quickly as possible to the to the situation around you rather than just follow a scheme and follow a playbook, right? Um, That's a great point. And, and being able to not maybe have as harsh like a of, of a guy there and someone who's a very gonna political be able to, way of putting it uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> a guy who's gonna maybe cooperate a little bit um and and maybe cater to a little bit of needs of the older veteran guys is probably some a breath of fresh air that they need are you saying the former line coach for the titans was was maybe the john robinson of offensive line coaches in that way maybe not the. i mean it can be inferred collaborator it it can be it can be inferred i mean i'm just getting i'm getting uh (laughs) vietnam vietnam war flashbacks to week six and a certain someone saying we're gonna keep going with dennis daly no i I, (laughs) you mean week six and then week 10 and then week 14 and then week 17 yeah exactly um and but you make a great point there that with like a free agent wide receiver that comes in, there's an element of you got to have some chemistry between him and his quarterback. But you know, you add a stud to a room, they're going to just come in and be a stud. With offensive linemen, there is no subdivision of players on a football field where playing not just well, but being on the same page, playing together, working as a force multipliers for one another matters more. Then on the offense, I mean, I think on the line in general, but on the offensive line in particular, because again, you can add a game wrecking defensive end or defensive lineman, and they could just come in and, you know, having stunts and being on the same page with different plays is helpful, but they can ultimately just run over a guy with offensive linemen. If you, if you don't, it's not a matter of just block your guy. No, man, you can block your guy all day long, but if you don't work with the rest of the team on your assignment, there's going to be a guy that gets through. There's going to be a stunt and your guy's going to flip and you're not going to be able to follow. There's going to, you know, there, there's a million ways that it's mostly things, ways that this can go wrong and not ways that this can go right for the offensive line. It's, they have a thankless job because they're just trying to prevent disaster. They're not trying to be flashy or showy when they do their job. Well, you don't notice them. Um, and that's and why, then, and that's why a quarterback gets them a jet ski or whatever as a Christmas exactly. present down, down, the, down the end of the yeah, yeah, yeah. end of the season. You know, everybody gets a bird scooter. Thank you so much <laughs> for saving my life all year. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that was what was being talked about. Just to, we can go ahead and transition to Daniel Brunskill and his availability. Talking about um, the, Jason Houtling, the the new offensive line coach for the Titans, who, according to Brunskill, has really impressed all the guys in that room. Um, I, I tweeted a, about this that I think one of the biggest variables for the Titans renovated offensive line this year is their new line coach. And just because he's such an unknown quantity, because he's never been a position coach in the NFL, what's he going to be like? But what Brunsky was kind of referring to, and it was a little bit of shade at the, the old guy, but mostly praise for the new guy. This guy is listening to us, um, which infers that the old guy wasn't listening to them. Um, this guy is, is, uh, very like again it was very very much just positive vibes like we enjoy collaborating with this guy he he wants uh to hear like about our experiences in the past they've got that offensive line group has a, a lot of guys a that haven't worked together but b that have just come from very different you know guys that have coming from san francisco coming from northwestern coming from 
Maryland, guys that are, are coming from very different situations. They, they all have different experiences, different ideas, different techniques, different things they like and that they hate, different ways that they work well, strengths and weaknesses, all of those things. They're working on to get on the same page in that way. And it sounds like the new offensive line coach, Jason Houtling, is facilitating that really, really well, which is a, a good thing to hear. And I think pretty refreshing for Titans fans uh, based on all the things for the past half decade or so that they've heard go on in that offensive line room under past management. Yeah, I, I think so. And it's, I mean, it's also, it, it probably lends itself to half this room is new and yes. the coach is also new. So it's all about kind of, you kind of have to change it up. You know, you're kind of, maybe it's so positive because everyone's feeling it out together and seeing what works well and what doesn't. Is that anybody else down probably, yet? No one has a reason it, to be upset. <laughs> and it, it might pro- probably be, for the best having someone yeah. to come in and just see what works and see what doesn't and learn as you, as they go compared to a guy who's going to have my way or the highway when half of your room is brand new, it's probably not the best way to go. So I think um, if it's all positive right now, I think throughout the off season, I think they continue that way um, because they, they do have a gigantic hole to fill on that offensive line. Agreed. All right, that concludes the longest warm-up ever, but we do have one more segment to get to for today's show. Before we do, just a quick reminder, haven't brought this up in a while because we've just been so busy trying to pack 10,000 bits and pieces into these shows. Um, If you aren't aware that this is more than just a podcast, then I've got some sit down. This is some crazy news for you. It's a video show. It's on YouTube and it's fantastic. It looks beautiful. Everything besides our two ugly mugs looks fantastic. And um, we would love for you to go and subscribe to Broadway Sports. Broadway Sports Media uh, has a, a YouTube page where we have all of our shows on there, both live and recorded like this. You can go and find all those shows and just throw a, a subscribe Broadway's way. Um, very helpful to us. And we appreciate you guys. Really, truly the only way to get the full full experience with this show is to watch the video product. Because on most days, not today, but on most days, we have a number of different multimedia things to show you and things that you we talk about that you really can understand if you're just listening to the show. So thank you for listening to the podcast version, but head on over to Broadway Sports Media on YouTube and give that channel a subscription so that you can watch us as well as listen to us. All right, and with that, let's get into some Titans news with producer JT. Let's jump into some Titans news here, starting with the Titans signing a XFL player. The player that they signed here is standout tight end Alizé Mack from this past season, one of the top performing uh, offensive producers in the XFL. Mm -hmm. So he looks to join this room that is, uh, which was pretty barren come February, but now it seems like this room is rounding out. Easton, what are your thoughts about the room? Um, I think it's good. Again, a lot is on the shoulders of Chig, but you know, we are a, we are the premier pro Chig really i would say show but just i think form of media content of any kind out there we are the the leaders in the market on chick propaganda and for very good reason because he's very good at football um i mean in your bio the other day you sent me had had to switch it up hey shout out to danny kelly by the way well yeah giving us a shout out on the if the boys on the ringer show are gonna call me and easton big chick guys we are big guys you you may just put it in your bio and stand by it you know baby that's right yeah (laughs) hey if you by the way we love danny we love the ringer guys it's one of the only shows that we regularly listen to and and talk about um, but if you're into fantasy football at all, that they're my favorite fantasy football podcast, the ringer NFL fantasy football show gave us a shout out on their most recent episode. After we had Danny on talking about, uh, Titans guy, 
in uh, in in Chigakonkwo from a fantasy perspective. Very good conversation there. And uh, we get a little shout out there at the end of the show. So thank you to Danny for that. But we are big Chig guys. Uh, Alize is going to be a guy that I, he's going to be fighting for a roster spot, obviously. I mean, this is a guy that you're bringing in. You're kind of, it's a lottery ticket. You're taking a swing on him. The expectations are low, but 6'5, 247. Oh, I have the pronunciation here. We were talking before the show as to how you actually say, uh, yeah, Alize. We were, we were right. Alize. Um, so Alize Mack, seventh round selection by the Saints in 2019. So he was a drafted guy just in the past couple of years. Um, he must not be all that old if he was drafted in 2019. Spent time on the practice squad and in the training camp uh, up in Pittsburgh in 2019. And then Kansas City, he was hanging around with the Chiefs from 2019 to 2020. Spent some time with Detroit and Green Bay in 21 and 22. And then most recently was a standout for the San Antonio Brahmas in the XFL, where he played in 10 games and got 28 catches for 230 yards and one touchdown. Looked pretty good in some of the tape that I had seen. His reception total ranked third among all XFL tight ends. Again, that sounds small, but it's change your brain. Not by NFL standards, not 17 games. Very, very much a limited sample size in terms of games played. Um, and then as a college player at Notre Dame, he had 68 receptions for 716 yards and four touchdowns in 35 games and 23 starts. So a promising guy. I think a guy that at the very least... Unless they, I mean, again, a lot can change. A lot of guys are going to get cut between now and August. He may end up on the cutting room floor if this tight end room is filled out with further talent. But right now, where you got rookie Josh Wiley and Chickaconquo as your primary pass catchers, Alize Mack as another guy that can come in and be a versatile tight end depth player, and then dude whose name I just am Trayvon always. Wesco. Thank you, Wesco. Trevon Wesco, the glorified lineman who's going to be doing a lot of the awesome, dirty work for the, the Titans in the run game and as a as a pass blocker. If it's those four guys right now, and I, I believe off the top of my head it is, nobody else really of note, uh, locked into the roster. Um, I, I would say Mac has a decent shot of making the roster, especially if he looks good in camp, and I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm guessing we will see him next week at mandatory, mandatory OTAs. Yeah, speaking of that, mandatory OTAs are next week, so yep. it'll probably be the last chance to see the mostly full team being there before camp starts up later in the summer. Easton, you'll be there next week, correct? Covering the um, everything for the Titans. What are you looking forward to seeing uh, out of the Titans next week? Yeah, super excited. Uh, hoping you know it's going to be a, a better thing to be at the Titans facility for than rookie minicamp because it is very restrictive and there's you know there's a lot of learning curve going on at rookie minicamp of all the things you go to is kind of the most pointless during the year but it's necessary um it's next Tuesday when I'll be there the the 23rd next week um starting at 11 we'll get to talk to both of the coordinators for the Titans so new offensive coordinator Tim Kelly and then defensive coordinator Shane Bowen will be available around 11 and we'll speak to them, and then they'll have practice from noon to around 2, and then we'll have a couple of players available at the uh, podium afterwards. Not sure who that will be yet, but excited to talk to whoever they offer up to us, and then we'll talk to Mike Frable as well, as always. So a busy day next Tuesday. I'm not sure what our so show schedule is going to be. On Monday, we'll, we may have a show, may not, may end up making it a Tuesday show so that we can talk about what went on at OTA. Certainly we'll have a midweek show if we do a Monday show. We won't wait till Friday to talk about all of this. But excited to see uh, a lot of the team there. Excited to see who all may not be there. And this is really alluding to what I talked about earlier, JT. The guy who it's going to be really telling as to whether he is in attendance or not, because he hasn't been so far for um, voluntary OTAs where the Titans currently are in the schedule. It's Kevin Byard. 
star safety, really the primary leader in the locker room of this Titans defense, along with Jeffrey Simmons. We talked about it a couple of times throughout the offseason, and it keeps getting put on the back burner because, frankly, it's on the Titans' back burner. It's not something that they have been working really, really hard to get done as soon as possible. But Kevin Byard on the books for this team, his cap hit this season, I believe, um, is in the $19 million, or not maybe not cap hit, but total cash. Fact check me on that, JT. They're paying him a lot of money, both in his cap hit and the cash due to him this this fall. Um and yeah, I found his numbers here. His cap yeah. hit for this uh, upcoming season is nineteen million six hundred twenty-three thousand. So he is okay, the yeah, so second would... highest paid player on this team. Yeah, and that's a massive cap hit for an aging safety who is playing good ball, but you, you simply can't have that on the books for a guy at that age, at that position, at that figure. Nineteen million is a lot of money on the cap, especially for a team that's kind of cash cash cap strapped right now. Um, say that five times fast, but they, they have to do something, whether that is, I mean, ultimately you could cut Kevin Byard, which I don't think that they have any intention of doing. You also could just ask him to take a pay cut, which they have seemingly done. And the, Kevin Byard has respectfully declined uh, for good reason. He, he, listen, he's like the only guy on this entire team in the past two years that does not get hurt. So right there, check. He's been playing really good ball. And he is the model for what they want in a leader and a teammate. I mean, he is constantly parroting the company line. He is he embodies Tennessee Titans Mike Vrabel culture, the culture he's instilled into that locker room. So he's really the like the teacher's pet here. There's nothing wrong with this guy besides he's getting a little bit old. But there's nothing else you can say. This is why you should take a pay cut. Um, so he said no, and for good reason. Why? Why should he? They've got to figure something out. They can just add years from my, from what I understand, they can just finagle his contract so that the cap hit goes down and they extend him further. But then that becomes a question of how much do you want to dedicate to a guy at, at he's in his thirties. Um, he's on the wrong side of 30 for sure. He's getting older and just analytically he's bound to fall off a cliff eventually. Um, Per the per the odds, whether he does or not is yet to be seen. Yeah. Kevin Kevin Byard will he's 29 right now. He will okay, be 30 so, to start the season. Sorry, Kevin, I'm, I'm adding years for no reason. You you will be 30 this year, which um, is the only real again the only thing that they can knock you for. I think that they ultimately get something done, JT, where they extend him uh, or or finagle the contract in some way. You know, some some fake numbers here and there, add some void years. Um, add a couple of years at the end where you can push the money, backload it, whatever it may be. It's just a matter of, are they willing to do that for this guy at this age? But but JT, th in terms of depth, the safety position for this team is sneaky. One of the worst, if not the worst. They are one starter injury away from kind of disaster. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. So um, in terms of the full, uh, the free safety and strong safety, you have Kevin Byard, right. uh, Mike Brown as the backup to Kevin, and then you Ooh. have um, Amani Hooker and right. Josh Thompson as we, your backup I know him, to but most Amani would say Hooker. Behind right. that, you have uh, Tyreek Jones and Matthew who? Jackson, who are who? guys that they brought in for um, rookie OTAs. So <laughs> both guys are rookies, but that that's the end of the list here when it comes to the safety position. Yeah, it's Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard and a bunch of who's. It's a bunch of lawn chairs. and I mean, respect to those guys. They're elite athletes. They can definitely beat my 31-minute 5K. But in terms of NFL players, in terms of NFL safeties you want on the football field, 
when the game counts none of those guys fit the bill like sorry that's unless unless these rookies are just diamond in the rough dbs which again the titans have found these guys i get it but odds are this safety room right now and I, i'm guessing it's probably high on their list of things they may address by the time the, the actual season rolls around with adding some guys that were cut here and there it's rough and so that's yet another thing in all of the all of the things besides like the titans list of arguments kevin you're getting old kevin's list of arguments all the other things i'm good i'm a leader i'm the only guy that you can actually trust to be out there on and on and on and on and on and on so it's kind of a contentious situation and one of the rare situations where an nfl team is actually they don't have the leverage here like kevin has the vast majority of the leverage and so i'm curious to see how it plays out and whether or not he chooses to hold in or hold out from mandatory man mandatory is me versus mandatory today i'm getting absolutely i'm on the ropes um mandatory otas next week i'm curious to see what he is doing there if he is there and what his involvement will be um, but i kind of don't i don't see there being a resolution to this by then so it is interesting let's move over and look at some of the financial standings of the titans of course this yeah. has been something that has been a, a hot topic this entire season, whether it's with Kevin Byard or just uh, going forward. What are they going to do um, about the cap situation going into this year? And with uh, the signing of Josh Wiley, Colton Dowell, and Jalen Duncan signed, um, here are their cap hits for the Titans and where they currently stand um, in top 51 cap space. So mm -hmm. Colton Dowell's contract will be $25,674 on the top 51 uh, Josh Wiley, 81343 and Jalen Duncan, $47,450, making their total cap space currently for the top 51, um, $11,303,369. Which is more than I expected them to have at this time of the year. Um, I, this is uh, much higher than it was at other times in the main free agency period of the season, so... Um, I don't know whether or not that's them just trying to accumulate as much space as possible for adding another big piece here, maybe a couple of swings here or there. They keep, I mean, again, maybe they're full of it or maybe they're going to try to and they'll fail. But the Titans brass keeps talking about how like this roster is not set. We're not done seeking out talent from other teams, other leagues, whatever it may be. And we're already this kind of this week. I don't know, JT, if you've noticed, there've been a couple of actual names where you're like, oh yeah, that, that, that team's cutting that guy. Like, that that could work you could see it um and that's going to continue throughout the summer that's that's really the only it's the deadest time for content but if you're actually paying attention like a sicko like we probably will be it's like oh oh look at who's on the market now that might change some things and i think that Rand carthen and company are going to be paying attention to that yeah and if i had to guess uh, some of that i would i would probably a lot maybe eight or nine million of that 11 million of course to go get kenny Dal galladay on a one-year contract right you're, you're fired um <laughs> yeah yeah that's what we're gonna do yeah yeah they're gonna they're um, gonna fix kenny, kenny galladay because if there's a team where the wide receiver success just flows like like the like a like the fountain of youth it is the tennessee titans of course um mm -hmm. moving on here uh the rest differential for all the teams was uh, after the schedule came out it's kind of been calculated and we're, we're the Bernie Sanders meme at this point. I am once again here to talk about the rest, <laughs> the differential. rest differential. Yeah. Um, and so the AFC South kind of shakes out pretty interestingly. Of course, yeah. we talked about how the Titans are tied for the fifth best rest differential 
this season and 14th best ref rest differential since 2002. So it, it's a big a year time. for it's a big year for rest differential as five teams this year have a uh, double digit number of days of extra rest. But the Titans, of course, have kind plus of 11. terrible, by the way. It yeah. comes down to the schedule makers this year. You didn't do a great job with this, unless this was the idea. I, I don't know. Uh, the Titans get a plus 11-day rest differential. The Colts up to that. will have a plus 4-day rest differential. The uh, AFC South champions of last year, Jaguars, will have a minus 1 rest differential difference so they'll have one less day and then the texans will have two less days of rest having a minus two rest differential this season yeah so the afc south really managed to avoid the brunt of the negative here the titans are really the only team the only team in the division that got blessed with a ton of extra rest so to them i say yet another reason you got younger and you're getting more rest this year by far than i think last year they may have had like a negative 9 10 11 like i think it may be a total flip here um like a net 20 extra days of rest on their opponent. That's a big deal. And it's a big deal for a team that has simply just God bless them. Cannot stay healthy the past two seasons. Um, they, they don't really have a great excuse in, in the rest department to not stay healthy. There are a couple teams that do JT, and this is not to get too far off the beaten path here, but I, I put in our rundown the full, I think this is Warren Sharp's full chart. Man, there are some teams that just got the shaft. From yeah, the it's it's pretty tough. I mean, there are the two teams at the bottom. Look, the the Rams and the Niners have to face teams coming off of a bye three different times each. Each That's team crazy. gets three teams off a bye. It's it's terrible. It's so bad. San Francisco has a negative twenty rest differential. It's almost three full weeks less rest than their opponents. That's absolutely insane um i'm sure san francisco fans are really they're just they're chill with of that of course not, of course the rams well. like the rams are already pretty beaten and now you're just like let's That's have you be let's let like one of the oldest teams in the nfl have even less rest come on you know? nfl pick on someone um, your own size quit bullying the i mean the poor it'll be guy. it'll be interesting to see there's a lot of big time super bowl contenders who have a pretty substantial rest differential in the negative here like the chiefs a minus 13 rest differential the really? the eagles minus six um you have some other ones that that's kind of the end of the list there but the chargers minus six and some other teams the it's giants minus nine who yeah. also as we talked about have nine of their first 10 games on the road <laughs> like and one of those games is like a, a home game against the jets so it's not even really a home game like it, a lot of uh, some playoff contenders might have to deal with um, going on short rest. So it'll be very maybe interesting to see how that shakes out. The same people that are writing the scripts. And oh, so yeah, they, maybe. They, maybe this is retribution for us finding out, making fun of them. And they're just like, you know what? We're going to make life hell for some of you and make things really, and it, you know it, what? It would make sense. Like, the bag. Let's the, make the, it dramatic. Make it more dramatic. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Give him a plus 12 rest differential. Justin sure. Fields in that new offense and uh, trying to make something out of that. Give them the plus 12 rest differential. Sure, you know, sure, like yeah. maybe maybe this is what we're doing. Give but, Washington a plus 12 um, rest differential. That's a little bonus for getting rid of your owner. Thank you for finally getting rid of that guy. Yeah, exactly. Before we get to... Uh, a cons conspiracy theorists over here let's let's move on right, to something the that the, to, yeah. to the let, let's give the nfl schedule makers a knock here because this is absolutely ridiculous it is um so week 14 is one of the monday night football double headers that will 
happened this season. Yeah, course, it's, in week, a, it's in week two, week three, and week 14. Because, um, duh, I guess. Week 14 will be one of the Monday Night Football games that the Titans will be um, on playing the Dolphins. But the Titans versus Dolphins game will be at 8-15. Mm-hmm. There's another Monday Night Football game, Packers versus Giants, oh, is it which like is also at eight fifteen. Oh, it's at the same time. It's at the same time, which is what, even what worse than doing? last year. It, it's worse than last year. Well, I know least, last year you got least, like a five thirty game and then a nine o'clock game, right? It was, well, no, last year it was like it was like oh, six o'clock and eight o'clock. So like it yeah, was like the, it, the end of the the end of the Philly um, Vikings game. I think was the first yeah, one. Yep. Uh, it that. was like it was like way over by the time like the first one starts, so everybody could like. It was accidentally it convenient. Yeah, it yeah, was accidentally but, convenient. I mean, this is like, it's kind of, uh, it's stupid. Those could like, be two really good games. It, they could like, be. If, if, if how I'm expecting the Titans, Dolphins, Packers, and Giants seasons to go, and people have like, very, very different opinions on these things, I expect those to be pretty good games. And they're at the, at the same time, late on a Monday night. Why? Well, I, I don't, from a, from a business standpoint, like what's, what is the, why would you sp- why would you compete against yourself? Why would you counter-program your own product in a prime time spot? Like, are we going to do two Sunday night football games, both at 7:30 p.m. Central Standard Time? Like, what? Are, I, I just it doesn't make a lot of sense. And this was brought up by um, somebody that we're both fond of in the national media market, Michelle Nezovich over at 102.5. But it is that is that is no bueno. It's a thumbs down on that. Um, that that's bad. Bad job all around. Whoever's in the scheduling office of the NFL. It's time to turn on those pink slips, I think. Let's get some new colors in there. <laughs> Let's look at the uh, Titans preseason schedule that was finally um, kind of set. What you've all been waiting for. <laughs> so the the only three uh, preseason games this season, the Titans will start the preseason going on the road to face the Chicago Bears, and that'll be a noon kickoff on Saturday. Very interesting. Um, having, I, Huge I don't, viewership for that one. Ha- have, they, have they ever done preseason games at noon? I feel like it's so, always been like a, like a like the earliest it's been like a four or five, you know, and then they kind of like totally they do them for more northern located cities. So like the primary reason you you do a you know the Titans at home at seven fifteen is because it's August, like it's going to be blazing hot. No one wants to go to that game. The players don't want to play in that game. But I guess the idea is like in Chicago, in New York, in New England, in in uh, Seattle. We can we can do the noon games because it won't be blazing hot. May, I mean, but again, it's still August in Chicago. It's not that far from here. It could just be miserable as well. Yeah, their, their next game they'll stay on the road going to Minnesota. That game will be at uh, seven o'clock, and then they will finish up the preseason with a home game against the New England Patriots, and that'll be a seven fifteen start. So yeah, I have I mean, nothing to add to that. But n- not not mark, a lot mark to learn calendars, from that. I guess but, one I home mean, game. Bill Belichick I, you know, come back like, to town. Cool. I mean, there's, here's there's the one takeaway, of... actually, JT. Okay. You're almost certainly going to get a joint practice with with Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel having True. their squads. Yes. I'm guessing New England will come down that week um, and spend the week in Nashville probably to do a joint practice. But beyond that, cool. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing we have today, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so Warren Sharp put out this tweet earlier today um, saying, we are seeing a mass exodus of NFL refs and officials. We've seen 12 leave this offseason, most since 2013. It's just the second time in NFL history that double-digit refs and officials left the NFL in consecutive years. Surely beautiful refing to follow next season, of course. JT, were you were you old enough to be paying attention? I know we're kind of around that age where it's like some of people our age were, some weren't. Were you paying attention at all during the replacement refs here? 
uh, a, a little bit, maybe. Um, that was like the first season I started paying attention to the NFL. We're young folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> was it? Uh, you've at least picked up, I'm sure, on the fact that it was a an unmitigated disaster for like yes. the first nine or ten weeks of that season. Yes, I'm aware. Um, hope. I don't know how to feel about this because on one hand, there's I need to know who they got rid of. There's a handful of referees like that looking at you, Hockey, looking at you. Um, uh, 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 I'm blanking on the other guys, but there's a handful that I that I can't stand. Um, I'm hoping those are the ones that are done, which I would think is a net positive. But if it is going to be some brand new refs in in, in like with a whole dozen new guys, may not be great. That that's kind of concerning in terms of a league that already kind of has a referee issue. The NFL, here's my only take on referees. Until they're full-time employees of the NFL, they're not going to get any better than they are. So the NFL, I mean, like, I don't know if you noticed this, JT, they kind of print money. They should make referees full-time employees. So they can develop them. Like, I need a I need a referee farm system. Like, can we get a hard knocks referees version where they're they like- They do that in baseball. In the film room. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's the NFL. You can do this. Let's do this, please. You should want your product to be as fair and as equitable and as your referees to be as, as little a talking point after games as possible. Why they don't do this blows my mind. And that's going to be it for our show today. All right. That's producer JT with the news. And like you said, that is the end of our show today. A couple of things before you go. Please wait. Don't click away. Um, reminder, Danny Kelly of The Ringer was on the show on Tuesday. So that should be the last episode in this feed. Go listen to that. It's really fantastic. Danny's hilarious. And he's also Really insightful. He knows what he's talking about. So go and listen to that episode. I know JT and I had more fun with that one than maybe any other show in the past month or, or two or four. It was a ton of fun. And then we also had a rookie mini camp recap episode on Monday this week. So that's another show. This We had another three show week this week. Go and listen to those two shows. They're both, both still. It's the beauty of this time of year, JT. You don't have to be right on top of the shows because what we say today is probably relevant a week from now. Probably relevant a month from now. And hey, um, how, and about, uh, also, how about give it up for three shows in a row under an hour wow we're, we're really changing east and freeze this offseason give it <laughs> or it's just the offseason and i'm just gonna come back with a vengeance <laughs> oh in boy August. we'll see uh, we'll see we'll no, see no. but maybe i am i'm trying my best to be as little as streamlined as possible um make sure to follow the show on social media another thing we haven't really shouted out but you can go on twitter on instagram on tiktok at hot read pod really easy caps no caps you're going to find it at hot read pod you can find the show account there to find clips of the show programming notes links to shows all the things that you need are over there at hot read pod on twitter on instagram and on tiktok so give us a follow very appreciative of that um and then hey do us a favor subscribe to the show leave a five-star review jt we've not checked the reviews in a while um before our next show i vow we will check the reviews to see if anybody has turned any in but please leave us a five-star rating and then a review. You can write whatever you'd like in the review box. We will read it on the air. Um, don't I wouldn't use profanity because I think Apple and Spotify don't. I think they flag those and then we can't see them. But other than that, be as funny or as crazy or as self-congratulatory um, as you'd like. If you want to throw your socials out on there, we will give you a follow. We'll tell our hundreds of listeners to give you a follow. But it's very helpful to us for the, you know, the algorithm and all these things that are, frankly, over both of our heads. We just know it's good. So please go give us a five-star rating and a review. If you listen to the show, just scroll to the bottom of the feed on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening. Or if you're on YouTube, throw the video a like. That works as well. And give us a five-star review. I would consider it a personal um, a, a, a personal favor. So I appreciate that. And with that, JT, we'll be back. Again, not quite sure if we'll do a show on Monday or on Tuesday, but I expect one in your inbox 
uh, at the beginning of next week. And we will talk to you then about all the things going on next week. I, I already know I've got we've got a guest next week who uh, wrote an article this week that I think is very entertaining. Um, so we will talk to him a little bit about a little little Will Levis deep dive that he did that I, I think is going to be enlightening to some. And then we'll have, of course, the mandatory OTAs to talk about. And then I've got a couple of takes that JT, you know, I've been floating them with you. I've got a couple of takes. I've got them locked and loaded in the chamber. Just w just waiting for a show where I'm like, what do we want to talk about today? I'm going to fire those off eventually. And you're not going to want to miss them because they are going to make you um, probably mad. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Until then, for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you next week.